Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. I want to preach from the subject today, if you was writing down a subject, keep swimming. Keep swimming. I doubt that there's a person here today that doesn't have a dream or have a desire to live uh, a meaningful and a life of significance. As a matter of fact, let me take a poll. Let me just take a poll right here. How many of you would say that you feel like God has given you a dream by a show of hands? He's shown you something. He's, he's given you a vision, maybe a career move that you need to do. Maybe it's all about your life. Uh, maybe you have a desire to be a great leader. Uh, maybe you have a desire to be a great school teacher. Or you have a desire to be a, an excellent mom or excellent dad. Or you have a desire to go further in your career. Or maybe you, you just have a desire to get into ministry and do things in ministry. Whatever that desire is, I, I, is, I came to tell you that you need to set that particular thing on your mind as we study together this word. Now, personally, 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 I want to live a life that matters. I want to live a life that matters. And the life that I live, I want my life to be able to motivate you so that you can mobilize into changing other people's lives. That's a life that matters. I don't want to come here and take a breath and life and not live a life of significance that I never affected change in people. Because people who look back and say something needs to be done are the people who don't do anything. So we got to go beyond trying to do something and start doing something. That's what the people of God need to start doing. We got to stop praying and start doing. Because so many people pray, God, if you show it to me, he show it to you. You go, well, Lord, if you show me something else. You throw that little fleece out. Well, Lord, if you make it thunder, boom, Lord, let it lightning. Let, let some lightning come too. You throw that fleece out and see, we got to stop fleecing God. So today we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Now, this is a man who literally dreamed the dream that was fulfilled in his lifetime. So that's why I wanted to, to use his, his life. Because one thing that you need to see here, no matter, no matter how hard it gets, do not ever give up on your dreams, your callings, your aspirations, or the vision that God has given you. All right, let's, 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 let's rehearse here. Put your hand on your heart and say, I will never give up. Amen. Say, I won't give up on myself. Please, saints of God, don't give up on yourself. I know it could have been a hard time right now to get, through, get to where you need to go to, but don't worry about that. Just don't give up on your dreams. We already know that this year is a year of divine expectation. And this is where we get this from because I like to back everything up with scripture. It's Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18. It says, for surely there is a ladder in and your expectation will not be cut off. Now, this is what God said. So if God said it, I just happen to believe it. Because God cannot and since God cannot lie, I just believe what God said. And if God said that my divine expectation shall not be cut off, all I have to do is expect it. Because he cannot lie. See, I can lie. I can say my wife is white. That would be an incredible lie. Right? Because we can see my wife is blue. I just want to see if you was paying attention. Okay. All right. Since, since you are paying attention, we know my wife is a blackberry, right? 
not Blackberry-like phone, but Blackberry-like a nice phone. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so you know what I'm saying. So, so then if I say that, then that's a lie. See, God, God, God can't do that. If, if, if God says Elaine is white, she would turn what God says. Because what he says, it becomes. So if God says that your, your, somebody say mine, he's talking about me. If your expectation, if you expect it, he said, I won't cut it off. Oh, come on, saints of God. I got to get you ready. Listen, because I'm not going to apologize when God bless me. I'm telling you that right now. Don't come up in here with all these long faces because you should have been expecting yours. So, see, but listen, if you are expecting God to do great things in your life and they happen, you don't have time to be looking at what everybody else is doing. Let me give you another scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It said this, that God ordained or his God ordained expectation will not disappoint. So, first of all, it won't be cut off and it won't be disappointed. Somebody say that's good news. Come on. That means, that means, that means when you get into the right relationship, you won't be disappointed. Now, now, that, now, you might. If you're already in the relationship, then, you, <laughs> then you gotta have a different prayer. <laughs> okay. Then you gotta pray for God to do some things in your life first before He can change the life of another person. <laughs> Praise God. Now, Joseph's life covered 13 chapters of the Book of Genesis. I don't know if, if you knew that. 13 chapters, from chapter 37 to chapter 50 covers Joseph's life. And this is what I want you to understand and see today. God can take an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. I don't want you for once to look at Joseph like he was some extraordinary person. As a matter of fact, there were no extraordinary people in the Bible. They were ordinary people, but they were devoted to an extraordinary God. So now, now, they made some significant changes in the world because they were willing to expect God to do more than what they saw. Amen. Now, now, am I talking about you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I know I am. I'm talking about you. You are the world changers. And it starts with one person at a time. Amen. And so that so so now now you got to put an expectation on yourself because now you got to go outside of your weaknesses of wanting to connect with other people. Now, some of us, that might be a little harder because we built up these walls and, and, and granted, granted, some of these walls were built up because you had to build them up due to hurt or what somebody said in your past. And so those walls are up. I'm not saying drop your walls. I'm saying lower them. Because you can't just drop your walls because you can't trust everybody, especially in the church. <laughs> Heaven's the best thing. The pastor say you can't trust folks in the church. You better not. That's why you got to have discernment. You can't share all your secrets with everybody. See, God has to give you discernment so you'll know who you can share that dream with. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. Amen? So, so we're understanding that, that God can take an ordinary person like me and like you to do extraordinary things. Now, we have to be devoted to God to get there. That's the caveat. Are you, are you hearing me? Okay, so let's, let's go into this story of Joseph. Now, we already read that Joseph was 17. Somebody say 17. 
He was 17. He was a youth. He was a teenager, 17. Well, almost a grown man. And so, according to North Carolina, 18, you're grown. And so, so he was 17 years old. Joseph had some dreams. We already talked about those dreams. Now, listen, Joseph, he, he, he wasn't very bright. You know, he couldn't have been very bright because that first dream, I, 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 after that, I wouldn't have told him the second dream. I mean, I mean, come on, I, I would have had some common sense not to say, you know what, these brothers, they already hate me. I'm not going to share this second dream. So both dreams were incredible dreams. When Joseph got the dreams, he was 17. Somebody say 17. When he got the dreams, he was not prepared for where God was going to take him. But he got the dream. The dream was for him to see it, but not to fulfill it. See, a lot of times we're so interested in trying to fulfill the dreams, we don't have enough time to see the dream. And so God is trying to get you to rest in it so that he can take you through some things, so he can sift you, so you will be prepared for the shifting. And so he was 17. Somebody say 17. And he began to share these dreams. And that second dream, I think that blew him over the top. And so his brothers, he, they were keeping uh, the sheep and they had the flock out in Dothan. And so Jacob told Joseph, hey, listen, go and check on your brothers. And so uh, Joseph went to check on the brothers and, and the brothers were plotting. You know how we can sometimes plot. You know how sometimes them deacons get in them back rooms and they start plotting on the pastor. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So y'all better be plotting on me. I ain't lying. I'm a... See, God gives me discernment. I'll walk up in that meeting. I'll bust it up. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have no deacon board. But anyway, we don't, and we ain't going to ever have no deacon board either. So don't go there. And so, so listen, so, so now Joseph was, he, listen, Joseph was doing what his daddy told him. Joseph was just obeying his father. And in the obeying his father, it got him in trouble. Are you seeing this with me here? So Joseph was just coming up on his brothers, and his brothers had been plotting up on some things. Joseph didn't know that. So when they saw him coming, they said, here comes that dreamer. Notice this is the words they said. Here comes that dreamer. How dare he have a dream? How dare you want to do more than me? I can't, I can't believe you believe God is going to bless you like that. Yeah, come on, that's the attitude. You know, God, you, we ain't gonna ever bow down to you. Joseph was just telling the dream. He didn't know nothing about what was going to happen. So the brother was just walking up, and they threw that brother in a pit. We all know the story. If you don't know the story, I'm paraphrasing. You got to read from 37 to 50 to get the whole story. So I'm trying to condense this thing, so I apologize if I leave out some pieces, but I don't want to keep you here to 4 o'clock. So I ain't going to be here because y'all will be here by yourself because I ain't going to be here. So that's why I'm talking fast. You got to listen fast because I got a lot to share. Amen. And so, so now, now Joseph is in a dry pit. His brothers threw him there in a pit that's dry. There was no water. There's no water in the pit. He, they threw him in a dry place. See, see, Joseph was obeying his father. And the next thing he knew was he was in a dry place. See, see, I hope this is blessing somebody because you might have been obeying what God said and you found yourself in a, in a dry place. And you say, well, God, you told me to do this. And God said, yeah, I know I told you. And then in that dry place, if you're not careful in that dry place, you'll start doubting God. You'll start saying, well, God, I, well, maybe this isn't what you wanted me to do. Maybe I missed your voice. Maybe I just didn't hear you right, God. Uh, or maybe I just don't have the right resources right now. Or maybe, God, I'm just not the right person. Yeah. 
Now, notice who threw him in the pit. See, this right here? His brothers threw him in. Can't nobody hurt you like people who say they love you. Glory. I had to to shout on that one. Because the people who claim to be close to you can't hurt you like other people. They, 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 they hurt you. Uh, I said that backwards. The people who are close to you hurt you unlike other people. Amen? Because Amen? you're not expecting that, right? You, 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 you coming, you expecting love, and they throw you in a pit. You expecting to show up at a church, and you get criticized for what you're wearing. You're an interracial couple, and they look at you strange because your wife is white and you're black. Oh, that you know that's happening? Do you realize that Brenda and Richard are in this church because that's what happened in their last church? Mm-hmm. Look at their kids like they were second-rate kids. This is happening in the church. I'm not talking about in the world. That's why we got to get better at what we're doing. Amen. So he found himself in a pit. So let me keep on going. So they were going to kill him. And they decided not to kill him. They was going to just sell him. (laughs) So they want to make a profit. And so they sold him to some Midianites. And the Midianites took him, took him into Egypt, and he was bought by Potiphar. I'm just walking you through the story. Now, now he's he came out of a dry place, a pit. Now He's with Potiphar as a slave. But Joseph is expecting a dream to come true. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. See, see, see. Um, um, mm-hmm. So, so listen, listen. <laughs> Man, I hope this is blessing you right now because it's blessing me even preaching it right now because I got some stuff I've been waiting on for the last eight years. And I've been in the pit. I felt like a slave at times. Come on now. Come on. So now Joseph is a slave in Potiphar's house, but Joseph excelled in Potiphar's house. So much so that Potiphar's house was blessed. Amen. Now, now Potiphar, Potiphar saw something in Joseph and he made Joseph. Oh, he put Joseph over his house. Amen. Now, 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 when you get blessed, you can expect something to happen. Right. We already know what happened. Well, well, Potiphar's old hoish wife. I, I call it like I see it. Hit on Joseph because he was a young man and maybe Potiphar was just old and wasn't hitting on all cylinders. And so so maybe maybe am I with grown folk here? I thought I was preaching to grown folk. You, you know, if you think your kids can't hear this, you better believe. Boy, they hearing some stuff out there in their schools right now. And so I'm just going to be real with you. And then you will have sorted out later. And so listen. So so we all know this woman tried to get her clutches. In, in, in Joseph, right? And Joseph rejected her. We're going to talk about that rejection in a minute. But <laughs> sometimes, fellas, it's hard to. <laughs> oh, boy, see, see, I'm here with the fellas. Sometimes, fellas, you know, <laughs> it's hard to reject that sin, ain't it? How about ain't they quiet? They quiet as a church mouse up in here. All right, let me get a little bit more real. Okay, so sometimes it's, it's hard not to, not to have that snap back neck. See, sometimes your neck just lay over there in the corner. <laughs> and see, 
you done stressed out that rubber band and you got to tighten that rubber band up. So if you look, oh, God, no. Mm -mm. You got to stay holy. Amen. All right, let me get on the sister. So, so ladies, to you too. I'm going to get on y'all too. I ain't going to just get on the men. Y'all know that brother walked by and you smell that cologne and you go, oh, God. <laughs> hey, man, I love you. <laughs> you go right in the tongues. Oh, God. Hey, baby. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Please don't let this man pass me like that again. <laughs> I'm going to have to prop a lot to him. <laughs> You're going to be my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joseph rejected this woman. So, so here's the deal. You see, when sin tries to cling to you and you reject it, it will try to take you out with a false accusation, a rumor, a lie. See, she lied on Joseph and said he tried to rape her because Joseph absolutely rejected her her. But see, rumor has it. Did I go to Odell on that? Odell on that? Odell. <laughs> Od who is Odell? That must be my cousin on my mama's side. So, so, so Odell said, rumor has it, right? R rumor has it you don't love the world anymore. That's why you can reject it. Amen? So after that happened, Joseph got put in prison. Now listen, Joseph is batting on a thousand right now. So the poor baby, he, he was obeying his daddy, got thrown in a dry pit, was sold as a slave in Potiphar's house. Now he's been lied on, accused of, of rape. Now that's sexual harassment on the job right there. And they accused of rape, and then he's thrown into prison. Now when he's in prison, he excels in the prison. Wait a minute. The brother was a slave, and he excels. He's thrown in prison, and he excels. So there were two people in the prison. Let me wrap this up. There was a baker and a cupbearer, right? And so these two guys had a dream. They dreamed a dream. I love the way that King James said, they dreamed a dream. And so Joseph knew how to interpret dreams because God had given him a supernatural ability. And so Joseph overheard them talking, and he said, you know, I, I, can, I can go to God and tell you the interpretation. And so the, 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 it, it didn't go well for the baker. I'm just saying, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it didn't go well for the baker. So what Joseph prophesied came to pass because what God says, it happens. Now, the cupbearer was restored. Now, Joseph said, bruh, remember me when you get out of this place. Would you remember, brother? Would you remember me? So the brother said, yeah, 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 I got you, Joseph. I, I got you. But they, he forgot about Joseph, right? What, what do you do when you help somebody get out of their situation, but when you're in a situation, they don't help you? See, you see Joseph's life, the dichotomies that's going on in his life? See, Joseph helped the brother, and the brother forgot about him. But Joseph kept on being Joseph. He operated with character and integrity. And two years later, Pharaoh had a dream that nobody could interpret. 
Somebody say, but Joseph. But Joseph. See, and so, so they went and got Joseph, and Joseph came in. He said, tell me the dream, Pharaoh, and maybe God will tell you the interpretation. He didn't even say me. He said, I got to go to God. And so he went to God. God gave him the interpretation. Here was the interpretation that there was going to be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. So Joseph gave him a strategy. Somebody say a strategy. Let me tell you something, thanks of God. You got to have a strategy. You got to have a plan. If you don't write it, how you going to run with it? Don't come up to me talking about you want to start a business and you don't have a business plan. That's the same with ministry. Oh, pastor, I got this ministry. Well, what is it? What is it called? What are you going to do? How many people you need? How many people are going to be blessed? If you can't answer those fundamental questions, you ain't ready to come to me yet. Because then I'm going to have to send you on your little merry way and say, once you answer all those questions, then you come back. And then I'm going to have about 60 more. Why? Because if God gave it to you, then you got to do the research. Hello, somebody. God didn't call me and my, me and my bride to do everything. That's why you're here. I'm going to do, I'm going to stay right in my lane. That's it. I'm not going outside of my lane, saints of God. I'm a teacher. That's what I do best. I teach. I, I might go out and evangelize, but that's not my gift. I, I might prophesy to you every now and again, but I'm not in the office of a prophet. And so I stay within my gift. I'm an ordained apostle, but I don't always operate in the apostolic. I do it when God says it's time. Right? So, so I'm a teacher. I love being a teacher. That's my call. And you got to stay in your lane because if you get outside of your lane, you're going to bump somebody in their lane and all of it is chaotic. See, that's what happens when you have this so-called person who can prophesy, but they think they are in the office of a prophet. Because just because you can prophesy don't mean that you are a prophet. You got to have character and integrity and humility if you're going to be a prophet up in here. Otherwise, I'm going to run you off just like I ran like all the rest of them off. Because first of all, you're not coming in here to prophesy to build up your name. You're going to be building up the name of God. Pulling people to you. Uh -uh, You're going to get up out of here. Right now, then the apostle in me comes out because the apostle in me just set things straight. That's why I like being a teacher because the teacher is sweet. And I I like being liked. (laughs) So, so now, so Joseph, he interprets the dream. Pharaoh said, there's nobody else that can do this but Joseph. Joseph's second in command of Egypt, the largest nation at that time, like America. He's second in command. Now, that's the story. Is, is that good? Okay, so I had to tell you that story because I want to get to the part that's, that's, that's going to be good here. So there's three simple points followed by three words of encouragement. Three simple points. So point number one is, don't give up on your dreams even when people are opposed to it. Don't give up on your dreams even when people are opposed to it. When you get into position, expect opposition. Let me say that one more time. When you get into position, expect Opposition. Write this down. Put this in your notes. Put it out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You ready? Not everything that we face can be changed. Not everything that we face can be changed. 
Nothing can be changed until we face it. Not everything that we face can be changed. Nothing can be changed until we face it. Now, there may be some of you in here that just despises confrontation. You see how quiet I got in here? You see how quiet I got? And then, no, Pastor, that ain't me, that ain't me, that ain't me. Okay, so let's do a poll. How many of you just like confronting people? You just like, I like, see that brother, see he like confronting folks. He, he must be called to be a pastor. <laughs> he just like confronting people. I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, I worked in management. I mean, I'm in management now in corporate America. She, she's corporate America. So, I mean, even when I got to confront people, you know, I pray about it and then I'm at peace with it. You know, but, you know, you just, just, to, just to do it, I just, you know, it's just something, right? Because, you know, you got to work with these people. But then when it's in your family, you know, you got you to live with those people. So you have to be, be very careful on how you confront, right? And so just know that unless you're willing to confront some things, you're going to hinder your opportunity to, to capitalize on your destiny. Because the enemy is going to confront you Amen. face yes. to face. Why? He does not want your dream to be fulfilled. Amen. And it's not going to happen in spite of you. It's going to happen because of you. Amen. See, we got to stop blaming everybody else. Got to blame my past. I didn't have my mama. I didn't have my daddy. Just, just hush. Amen. Stop blaming everybody. Take full responsibility because the onus is on you. Somebody say he's talking about me. Listen, listen. It's up to me to grow spiritually. Amen. It's not my job to make you grow spiritually. Amen. It's up to me to grow spiritually. Amen. That's my job. But when you come to church and you expect the pastor to keep feeding you so you can grow and you don't have any responsibility, then you can come in here and say, oh, I don't like that word. I don't have to receive that one. Well, actually, you don't have to receive anything that I preach. And I'm not here to preach so you can receive it. I'm here to preach to obey. Amen. Whether you receive it or not, I'm still going to preach it. Amen. So, so that's not contingent on if you like it or not. Amen. I like that. I like that part. I like that I could just preach it if you can like it or not. Oh, man, I go, I go home just in peace. You got that? Not everything that you face can be changed, but nothing can change unless you're willing to face it. Did Joseph face opposition? You better believe it. Let me just read you some. I'm going to just give you these scriptures in Genesis chapter 37, verse 10. It says, this time he told his fathers as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him. That was opposition. Genesis chapter 37, verses 18 through 20. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance and made plans to kill him. Wow, these are, these are blood brothers. You would think that these guys were enemies, but these were his brothers pl plotting to kill their brother. That's pretty serious. You got to have, have a lot of hate to want to kill your brother. Let me tell you something. That's spiritually, too. You got to have a lot of hate to want to spiritually kill your brother in the Lord or your sister, or you gossip about your sister in the Lord. There's got to be something wrong with you. And then, then you call up, call up people on the phone. You guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Sister Blow Blow did. <laughs> well, I don't have to guess. 
can't believe the pastor did all of that. Instead of first praying about the situation, because people will fall. So if a pastor or a minister or people fall, what, in this church, what do we do? We pray for that congregation. And then we pray for that pastor. Why? Be careful how you stand. <laughs> the same stuff you pointing fingers at in somebody else, and get, his, get his clutches in you. So you have to be very careful about that. So Joseph faced all kinds of opposition in Genesis chapter 37, verses 23 and 24. It says, so it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his coat. They didn't even like Joseph wearing a coat of many colors that, represent, that represented the blessings of his father. See, you can't allow your enemy or even your friend to strip you of what God gave you. The brothers didn't give him that coat. If the world didn't give it, you got to allow the world to take the anointing from you. You got to allow the world to make you just go in your cave and get depressed. You got to do that. Elijah sent himself into the cave. Nobody drove him there. He took, he walked <laughs> in the cave himself. And check this out. God did not go in after him. He spoke to him by the spirit. And he said, if you want this, you're going to have to come out yourself. Yes, See, some of you in here, you're just waiting on God to just come in and snatch your little rear end out of the cave. You're going to have to walk out Amen. so you can walk out your life. Amen. You got to get up on your own. There's some things that God says you have to do. Yeah. See, see, this is what Apostle Paul says. When I was a child, I thought of as, as a child. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I, somebody say, I, I put away childish things. Paul did not say God put them away. See, God is not going to take away what you're unwilling to put away. Boy, I'm giving y'all some good stuff today. I bet y'all see all this stuff all over Facebook today. I don't care. Put it out there because somebody needs to be blessed. So in other words, saints of God, we got to press through our predicaments. It's up to us. You know the opposition is coming. As soon as you try to mobilize and do something, as soon as you try to do what God has blessed you to do, here they come. Here they come. Here's a point to remember. And, and the woman of God shared this, um, I think this, uh, this morning, I think I, I shared this on Facebook uh, last night. Uh, point to remember. Remember this. When you tell your dreams and someone is negative about it, one of the first things you should do is evaluate what that person has accomplished for God themselves. Can, can I say that again? When you share what God wants to do in your life and immediately someone gets negative. I don't care if it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, and immediately they get negative, then the first thing you need to do is evaluate what that person has accomplished for God. And when you see nothing, then you understand those words mean And the only weight words have is the weight you give them. Amen? Amen? Amen. So sometimes you got to be like that prophet Ray Charles. 
You got to tell some people, hit the road, Jack. <laughs> All right, number two. Number one, expect opposition when you get into position. Number two, you don't give up on your dreams even when you experience serious setbacks. Even when you experience serious setbacks. Check this out, Proverbs 24, 16. He said, though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get back up again. Now, this is interesting here because that word falls, I had to first look up that word falls. You realize that word falls means that it's not a moral fall. It's a fall due to calamity, setbacks. So a righteous man might get hit with setbacks, but he rises again. A righteous man. Why? Because your expectation is not even in yourself. Your expectation is in the God who rose from the dead. Amen? And so, so you have the ability to rise above every situation and circumstance if you're willing to get up. Les Brown said this. He said, when you fall, make sure you fall on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. I hope I'm helping somebody today. You will experience serious setbacks, but setbacks, man, are nothing but setbacks. They're nothing but stepping stones to get you to your next level. That's all they are. Let me say that one more time. Setbacks are nothing but stepping stones to get you to your next level. That's all they are. You look at problems as being in your way. Problems are not in your way. Problems are part of your way. See, what you do is God will allow you to work out some stuff in your problem, and while you're working that thing out in your problem, you're also building up your faith because you don't have enough faith to get here. So God has to set a situation up for you. So as you're going through that problem, you're building up your faith so you can capitalize on the destiny. So, so, so God will always show you a promise. That promise is going to be based on principles. Those principles are usually worked out in a problem before you move into your provision. So now, you might be like me. I want to I get the promise. I understand the principle. But I like to skirt around that problem right on into the provision. Bless God. That's, uh, it don't work that way. So you might be trying to figure out, well, why am I going through this? Because you already got the principle. But you won't know if you understand the principle unless you use them. How will you know you have faith unless you have to operate it? If you never have to use it, then how will you know you got it? Right? So people who sit back and say somebody ought to do something are people who never use faith. Because the moment you say, no, I'm going to do something, is the moment your faith kicks in. Because that's the moment fear kicks in, too. Because as soon as you step out, you go, oh, God, what have I done, Jesus? <laughs> Amen? But God says, I'm with you. Amen? Is this making sense at all? Okay, okay, I'm trying to rush through this. So Joseph had some setbacks. His family rebuked him and rejected him for the dream. Then he was sold into slavery. He found favor with Potiphar, his owner. Then he was accused of rape. Next, he was thrown into prison. Then he was put in charge of the prisoners. He interprets the dream for the two prisoners, but then they forget about him. Setbacks, accomplishments. Setbacks, setbacks, accomplishments. And see, what you need to see here is that there are going to be setbacks, 
but you have to keep moving forward. Because you're going to have some accomplishments too. So your walk, your walk to your destiny is going to be a series of setbacks and accomplishments. If I'm already telling you about them, they should not be a surprise. When it comes your way, your way you say, oh, that's nothing but a setback. But you're nothing but a stepping stone. And I'm going to step all over you so that I can get to my destiny. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Write this down. Your setbacks are nothing more than stepping stones to get you to your next level. I already shared that with you. Amen? Here's the third one. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Don't give up on your dreams, even if people oppose you. Amen? What was the second one? Don't give up on your dreams. Yeah, okay. See, see, see. There you go. See, y'all got it. And the third one is? Even if it takes a long time. Philosopher Henry David Thoreau once said, do not lose hold of your dreams or aspirations. For if you do, you may still exist, but you have ceased to live. You know, that's, that's good right there because what are you living for if you're not living to Dreams are conceived long before they are achieved. And what we have to remember is the process, that process of setbacks, accomplishments. Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, whichever way you want to say it, whichever school you went to, says this in chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Somebody say, it will not lie. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. If you're expecting it, wait for it. It might tarry. It may take you a while. Do you realize that it took Joseph um, from the time he was 17 to the time he got the actual dream? It was almost 20 years to the fulfillment of that dream. David, you remember David? David was prophesied that he would be the king over Israel, but it took someone, the, 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 the commentators say, between 17 to 20 years. Ten of those years he spent running from Saul. Opposition. <laughs> so, so, so you know that the moment the enemy raises up on you, obviously you're doing something to get his attention. That is not the moment you stop. That's the moment you press in. That's the moment you start fasting. That's the moment you start praying more. You start worshiping more. You start reading the Bible more. You start studying more. You you start forgiving more. You start giving more. That's the the time because that messes up the enemy when he tries to stop you. You bounce back and you keep moving forward. That drives the enemy crazy because he can't understand why in the world you got all of these bills and no money in the bank, but you got joy in your heart. And then you can look at the enemy and say, for the joy that is in my heart, I can defeat you. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, saints of God. When you're going through, go through with a smile on your face. Hold your head up high. Don't you know you're a child of the living God? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I step foot in that bank, I know everybody has to respect the anointing on my life. Why? Because I have an expectation that they respect it. Some of y'all just go in there, y'all just all broke. Just, I was in church Sunday. 
You better go on with that old broke down life. I don't serve a broke down God, so I'm sure they're not going to walk like I'm broke. Talk to me, somebody. So let me give you three words of encouragement and we're out of here. First word I want to encourage you with is God is always with you, saints. See, from son to slave, from slave to convict, yet God was with Joseph. From the pit to Potiphar's house, yet God was with Joseph. From Potiphar's house to prison, yet God was with Joseph. From prison to being prime minister, God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. God was with the three Hebrew boys who were thrown in the fiery furnace. God was with Daniel when he went into the lion's den. God was with Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. God was with Paul and Silas when they prayed and gave praises to God and the jail's tail cracked open. God was with them. And if God was with them, God is with you. See, it's the moment that you don't feel God. It's the very moment he's there. See, see why? Because God is trying to teach you that faith is not about a feeling. Faith is about an expectation. And regardless if I got goosebumps or not, I know God is with me. Whoa, this kind of stuff gets me happy. Because I feel there's a shifting taking place inside of you. I feel there's a stirring going on inside your spirit right now, knowing that where you are is not where you're going to stay. Somebody say, God is with me. Second thing I want to encourage you with is God will develop you during the down times. God is with you, and he will develop you during the down times. Let me, let me give you one Awesome, awesome attribute about, about Joseph that every one of us need to learn. Not one time in, in the chapters from 37 to 50 do you, do you ever see Joseph complain. He never once opened his mouth to complain. You know what he did? He assessed his situation and said, all right, God, let's go. Hey, this is my situation. This is what I got. I can't work from don't haves. I can only work on what I got. You don't build on what you don't have. You build on what you got. Now take what you got and build on it. You might not have much. Build on it. Or you might say, oh, I got $100. Build on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, this old house is about to fall apart. Build on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, this old broke down ministry. Build on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, my family, boy, they holding on with a banana peel and a shoestring, but build on it. Oh, my marriage, boy, it's about to fall apart, but you build on it! Oh, let me give you the last one. Oh, y'all want the last one? I'm sorry. If I, if I get too loud, I'm sorry. I'm just, can you tell I'm excited? Amen. Here's the last one. Here's the last word of encouragement. God will finish what he started. I said, God will finish what he started. Say that with me. God will finish what he started. Say it again. God will finish what he started. Every time the enemy try to tell you that you're not going to accomplish great things for God, you turn that thing around and you tell the devil, God I serve will finish what he started with me. Let me give you a word on that. And then I got this last little story and we're going to pray and we're getting up out of here. So Genesis 50:20 says, as far as I am concerned, God turned 
my good what you meant for my evil. Ooh, goodness. Yeah. Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? What you meant for evil, God gave me a turnaround. Somebody say, give me a turnaround, God. Okay, okay. All right. So now let's get to the, my, my title of the message. I've been doing all that just to get here. Here's the last thing. <laughs> I know y'all been waiting. How in the world does this tie in to keep swimming? Here we go. It was a fog shrouding morning, July the 4th, 1952, when a young woman named Florence Chadwick waded into the waters of Catalina Island. She intended to swim the channel from the island to the California coast. Long-distance swimming was not new to her. She had been the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. The water was numbing cold that day. The fog was so thick she could hardly see the boats in her party. Several times, sharks had to be driven away with rifle fire. She swam more than 15 hours before she asked to be taken out of the water. Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on since they were close to the land, but when Florence looked, all she saw was fog. So she quit, only a half mile from her goal. Later she said, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might have made it. It wasn't the cold or fear or exhaustion that caused Florence Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. Two months after her failure, Florence Chadwick walked off the same beach into the same channel and swam the same distance, setting a new speed record because she could see the land. See, just because you may not see your divine destiny right now, keep on swimming. Things may be tough for you right now. But keep on swimming. See, your family members and your friends, they might be turning their backs on you right now. But keep on swimming. See, I wish I had two, maybe three people that knew what I was talking about right now would just stand up on your feet and say, I'm going to keep on swimming. Because, see, I'm telling you right now, don't give up on your dreams. Keep swimming. Don't give up your anointing. Keep swimming. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your, 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 your anointing and the call of God on your life. Keep swimming. See, sometimes we're waiting to see the end. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. And so the current may be numbing you right now. You know what the current is? The currents of life. It may be numbing right now. Even fear may be setting in. Exhaustion may be setting in right now. But guess what? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You look up, you still don't see it. You still, you keep, you keep kicking those legs, amen, and you keep on going. See, this is what I want to encourage you with because some of you feel like you've been in a fog and you're tired. You've been fighting, you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been giving, and it just seems like, God, what, what, what is going on? God, I just, I still don't see it yet, but keep on swimming. Keep on moving forward. Amen. We're going to keep on swimming? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web 
at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.